Hello and welcome to Paper Boys, the podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. I'm your host, Charlie. And I'm your host, James. Do you ever hear about science in the news and wonder, isn't there more to the research going on behind these stories? Well, every Thursday, Charlie and I go behind the actual research paper in these stories to open up the work behind beautiful new discoveries and cut through misinformation in the media. On today's episode, we are talking about a paper that hit the headlines recently about mosquitoes listening to Skrillex. Do you know who Skrillex is, James? Uh, vaguely. I mean, not even vaguely. Yeah, I know who Skrillex is. Yeah, you're not that old. <laughs> so in this paper, they played Skrillex for these mosquitoes and basically just wanted to see what they would do if they'd act any differently. And they did act differently. So we'll, we'll dive into that. And uh, I'm pretty excited to share with you this science and also some of the kind of controversy surrounding it. Well, if you've listened to any of our other episodes, especially the one about mosquitoes, you know that I hate bugs and mosquitoes included. So if it comes to playing Skrillex to scare away the mosquitoes, I have a bit of a conundrum on my hands. But Charlie, I have plenty of questions for you. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do my best to answer them. So James and I are both PhD students, and we read a lot of papers in our daily lives. And so we've gotten pretty good at boiling them down. And so we thought we would share this skill and our passion for science with anyone else who wants to learn about discoveries that affect all of us. We are the Paper Boys. Before we get started, Charlie and I just want to say thank you for listening. Please, if you aren't already, follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Our handle is at PaperboysPod to stay up to date on the latest episodes and content. Also, if you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you shared it with a friend or on social media or hit us up with other thoughts or paper recommendations that you may have. It brings Charlie and myself a lot of satisfaction just to hear from our listeners and to see our growing listener base across the country and actually across the whole world. All right. So with that, Charlie, you mentioned Skrillex. You mentioned mosquitoes. How did you hear about this? This strange combination of weird things. Yeah. So this one actually, in a way, came on a recommendation from a friend back in Connecticut, Adam, who was the first one to tip me off about this. So I went home, I Googled it, and there was just dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of headlines about this. So it obviously captured some big popular fascination about this research. And so some of these headlines that I came across, one was in Smithsonian Magazine. They said, playing Skrillex may help ward off mosquito bites. Live Science says, mosquitoes sucked less blood and had less sex while listening to Skrillex, study finds. Ooh, sounds like clickbait. Also, that probably applies to humans too. Yeah, that's true. Although the less sex part, I feel like it may be the opposite for humans. Depends on what your mood music is, I guess. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Um, what other headlines did you hear? Yeah, one more that I saw was from Fast Company. Science has found a new use for Skrillex, mosquito repellent. So you can kind of get the sense of what's going on here, that in this study, these mosquitoes reacted negatively when they heard Skrillex. Hmm. Okay, so who are the authors on this? So the, this actual paper came from a group in Malaysia. Uh, the first author is Hamadi Dieng at the Institute of Biodiversity and Environmental Conservation, 
University Malaysia Sarawak in Malaysia. And there are several other authors. They're hailing from, you know, also from Malaysia and Japan and Thailand. So a sort of international collaboration on this. And this was published in the June 2019 issue of Acta Tropica. I think that just means that it goes on paper in June, but, you know, it's published online now, obviously. And the title of this paper is The Electronic Song Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites Reduces Host Attack and Mating Success in the Dengue Vector Aedes aegypti. Hmm. Okay. So I, the, the first thing that surprised me when I actually clicked through and found the journal paper was that these headlines were not sensationalizing. It was literally just a specific Skrillex song that's right there in the title of the paper. It wasn't like, oh, they kind of characterized across a variety of genres and they reacted less well to dubstep, which of which Skrillex is an artist. So, no, it was actually just one Skrillex song that, that they studied here. Not like audible influences on the mating behaviors of southeastern asian mosquitoes enduring whatever circumstances or whatever it's just like mosquitoes don't like dubstep yes that is that's exactly what i was expecting and it was it was the latter so well okay so with that i feel like we should just dive in and hear the song do you have it yeah so for anyone out there who has not heard this song I'm going to provide a warning up front. It's it's a pretty extreme song. Uh, this was released in 2010. And as I recall at the time, it was like basically transformative. I mean, it was, I don't know, it kind of introduced an entire new genre of music almost that is still pretty popular. So without further ado, here is a clip from the song Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites by Skrillex. Oh, I know the song. Yeah, it's on like every GoPro song. Yes. Every GoPro video. Yes. But yeah, you know, for better or worse, you have heard this song before. It's It was extremely popular, if you can believe it. It was on, like, it was everywhere. I mean, maybe it was everywhere because GoPros were really popular, and I think it was, like, the GoPro theme song, basically. Yeah, it was a pretty extreme time in popular culture, wasn't it? Yeah, 2010. <laughs> Just everything was, everything was maxed out, like, red line, adrenaline. Yeah, we should just make a dubstep podcast. Just max out <laughs> Max out our mics for this whole thing as we talk about science. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you and I have the mannerisms for that, but... <laughs> okay. So I have a lot of questions about this. But maybe first off, why why did they even think to look at Skrillex and mosquitoes? Yeah, it's not really like a natural connection to draw. The reason why they're interested in studying the reactions of mosquitoes to sound is really because mosquitoes are a disease vector. And so they're, I mean, they're a huge area of research in basically anything that you can do to prevent them from transmitting diseases. And the specific mosquitoes that they're looking at in this study, I think I mentioned in the paper title, Aedes aegypti, they're from a genus that transmits diseases like Zika or Chikungunya, which I've, I've never heard of, or uh, Dengue, which causes Dengue fever, which is actually like a really, a much bigger thing than I ever realized. So it affects 400 million people every year according to the cdc wow that's huge 
I mean, I, I've heard it's a huge problem for people like from the U.S. who are not accustomed to it traveling and like getting vaccinations and it's a big problem. Yeah. And it's very easy to get because it's all it takes is one mosquito bite. And obviously there's mosquitoes everywhere. So and it's also, you know, it's not it's a virus, um, but it's it's actually pretty dangerous. Like t- I think 20,000 people die every year from dengue. Wow. So it's pretty important to try and you know prevent the spread of something like this. So why music then? And why Skrillex? So the music question is easy to answer. So in the past, the way that they've normally tried to control the spread of diseases through mosquitoes is using insecticides. But apparently in the last few decades, many mosquitoes have actually become resistant to the main types of insecticides that they've been using, which is like pretty freaking scary when I read that. Yeah, that's horrifying. I mean, we talk about superbugs all the time, talking about, you know, bacteria resistance, but mosquitoes are literal superbugs. Yeah, could you imagine this like dual threat of antibiotic resistant bugs and like huge mosquitoes that are resistant to insecticides, just like you're sick and coughing and sneezing and getting bit by all these mosquitoes would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the world we're headed to, James. Well, that's the world we were headed to until Skrillex came on the scene. Dun, dun, dun. And, and saved everyone. Okay, but so insecticides make sense to me. It's like you poison the bug, it dies. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but like that makes sense. How does music stop a mosquito from biting you? Yeah, so it turns out that this specific genus of mosquitoes, their mating ritual is deeply rooted in sound. So the idea behind playing music would be to interrupt the mating ritual, making it harder for them to reproduce. But also, more importantly, is that one way mosquitoes transmit diseases is that a male who's infected carries it in his sperm, which when he gives it to the female, the female actually carries that sperm for the rest of her life. Whoa. Yeah, and so that infected sperm can then go and infect anything that she touches, basically, for the rest of her life. And so that's a very that's one way that these diseases get spread. And so they think if they can essentially reduce the amount of mating in mosquitoes, then that could be one way to reduce disease spread. Wow. I mean, when you said that mosquitoes' mating ritual was related to sound... I was like shocked. That's so crazy. I had no idea. Can you talk any more? Like, did the paper talk at all about what is it about sound that attracts mosquitoes together? I know certain animals have calls and stuff, you know, like bird calls, whatever. But uh, I didn't think mosquitoes had vocal cords. Yeah. So this is actually really cool. And I don't think they do have vocal cords. The sound (laughs) that they're producing is actually from the beating of their wings. Oh, wow. And I guess there's like a fundamental frequency. And for male mosquitoes, it's around 600 hertz. And for female mosquitoes, it's around 400 hertz, which are both, you know, those are both audible to humans. That's why when they buzz by your ear, it's that, you know. It's a horrible sound. It's a horrible sound. Yeah, it's like, it's just unpleasant to hear, you know, because you know, you know that it means you're about to get bit. (laughs) Yeah, long, many... Many sleepless nights just hearing that buzzing around my head. Yeah. And here's what was extra crazy in reading this paper. They said, it has been reported that dengue mosquitoes can create and listen to love songs. Really? Yeah. Isn't that like really strange? So I I had this like, wait, what? What the heck are they talking about here? 
and they cited these papers, and I went and I, I dug into these papers a bit. Kador et al. says that when male and female Aedes aegypti mosquitoes mate, they actually match the frequency of their wings beating. And so I mentioned that, you know, the males beat at 600 hertz and the females beat at 400 hertz. And what they do is they match their beating at their shared harmonic of 1200 hertz. Wow. Because those are, that's the lowest frequency that they both share that's, that will be easy for them to produce with their wings. And so it's like a duet. It's like they're coming together and they are trying to produce the same tone in order to share some sort of bond. It's sort of like, I don't know, one of those like 1950s or 60s like love harm duets from some musical or something where the like the male mosquito and the female mosquito come together and start singing in harmony. And then you're like, oh, you know, this is going to be a good warm ending. Yeah. And then, you know, they're about to get it on, you know, and suck your blood too. <laughs> suck awful. your blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this this study was actually, uh, I think, kind of a big deal because scientists didn't even know that mosquitoes could hear up to that frequency before this. Wow. So the fact that like this 1200 hertz is incredibly fundamental to like the daily lives of these mosquitoes and scientists didn't even know that they could hear that. Is there any precedence in studying how insects respond to sound? Like, is there a whole field in this? I've never heard of that before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, this is, I think, a pretty active area of research and it's getting more active every year. Um, so there's a couple examples that they that they called out, like apparently crickets are less likely to start calling out when there's road noise around. So, you know, that's like a direct negative impact that humans have on crickets. Hmm. There's another one where there's like a certain aphid, which is just a, a type of bug that would stop eating when it's exposed to frequencies between 100 and 10,000 hertz. So that's I mean, that could be anything. That's like all sorts of sounds specifically ones that are human produced again think about that if you were like that you would just never eat you would only eat when you're alone and not talking to yourself or listening to a podcast or something yeah that'd be such a such a rough life yeah um and then one other one they said anthropogenic sounds so again human caused sounds decreased the rate of predation by ladybugs which means that the aphids that they were normally eating increased in population which means that those aphids went and ate more plant mass. And so that decreased the plant biomass of this whole ecosystem. Hmm. So like sound could actually have a really big effect on the balance of some biosystem, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. I've seen studies looking at the effects of like sound pollution in cities and how it affects people sleeping and how that affects like their economic success, you know? Like it's hard to wake up and go to a job interview if you're being woken up by the sounds in the street. That's really cool. I've never heard about that in the context of in insects. All the noise makes them not want to wake up and go to work. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, a big, it's a big area now. And then, so that's all just with kind of like some random sounds, but there's also a growing body of literature looking specifically at music. So like some studies have looked at the effect of music on mating between grasshoppers and things like that, but this has not really been done with mosquitoes. And so that's what motivated them to do this paper was to sort of open the doors of that area of research. Cool. That's really neat. So how did they choose Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites by Skrillex? So they were really just looking for something that they considered noisy. So I mean, basically they're going for like a distraction factor, right? And I liked, you know, just a quote from the paper. They said, 
The song was characterized as noisy based on the resulting vibrogram and strong sound pressure vibration with constantly rising pitches. It's like well characterized version of noisy. Yeah, it's it's like I don't know, just this like very clinical description of something that is, you know, could only be described as art for better or worse, you know. You kids need to keep down that strong sound pressure vibration and constantly rising pitch. Yeah. Can you switch to a song with less rising pitches, please? <laughs> Take notes uh, for when you're older and you need to say that to the next generation. Kids these days with their pressure vibrations. <laughs> That's what happens when you get a PhD and you try to start complaining to the young kids. Yeah, there's actually a lot of good quotes from scientists not involved with this study. That I'll, I'll talk about this when we get to the articles at the end of the episode, but they just talk in like this very kind of stick in the mud type of way about Skrillex and I don't know, like the way, oh, the kids, yes, they must play this around the campfire. <laughs> kids, don't forget to play your Skrillex. Yeah. Okay. Well, so now I have to ask, how did they actually set up this experiment? Were they by a campfire playing Skrillex? <laughs> no, they they set it up very scientifically. Uh, no campfires. So this was actually kind of brutal. They built this cage, and at the center of the cage on the floor, they put a hamster, and they tied the hamster down like under this net so the hamster couldn't get away. Oh, no. And then they released a bunch of mosquitoes into this cage. And they just let the hamster... It's like that scene in Jurassic Park where they tie the goat up and they want the T-Rex to come out and eat it. Clever girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... It's a great scene. Uh, it's just... But horrifying. Yeah. Yes, horrifying. Poor hamster. But, you know, the ha- obviously the hamster's fine. It's just a mosquito. But So they raised these mosquitoes in the lab and they made sure that they were virgin mosquitoes. So they'd never mated before. And so they could get like a good kind of instinctual reaction out of these mosquitoes. And I think what they did is into the cage, they released 10 virgin females and one virgin male. And so they used kind of the general female population to observe how much blood sucking they were doing from the hamster. And then they used that one male to see how often mating was happening with the females. And just to clarify, it's only the female mosquitoes that actually bite is that correct as i understand it yes so only the females are going to be the ones attacking the hamster okay but so that they have the two sexes so that they can look at the mating and feeding behavior yes exactly okay and they repeat this test 10 times like on different days with different totally new populations of mosquitoes they do it 10 times with no music playing and then they do it 10 times you know blasting skrillex into this cage wow and did they have any other experimental variables like did they change the volume in certain cases did they try any different music or was this just sort of an initial let's try it with skrillex blasting it kind of thing yeah so this was kind of like you know i hate to say but where my issues with this paper kind of come up is that it wasn't super thorough i would think that if they're trying to look at you know there's this specific frequency that male and female mosquitoes match up at I would think that they would try to look for that specific frequency and maybe even like analyze the frequency content of the song and maybe look at a couple different songs to see if that has an effect. But no, I mean, they really just played this one song. They didn't talk anything about the song beyond just saying that, yeah, this is a noisy song. And they said that in a very qualitative way. And then they did sort of talk about the actual loudness of this song. But again, something here didn't really add up for me. They use this measure called sound pressure level, which is what, you know, we would 
like we're all familiar with the decibel scale. When you talk about something is, you know, 70 decibels, like that's pretty loud. So that scale is based on the fact that zero decibels is the point where human hearing is no longer sensitive to those sounds. So if something has negative decibels, that means that humans can't hear it. It's so quiet. Like whispering is, you know, five decibels or something or 10 decibels. I've seen this for like, don't home stereos give you negative decibel readings though? So that's a different scale. So this is kind of where it gets confusing is that there's, I mean, decibel is really more just like a scale of trying to provide a reference against something else. Mm -hmm. So in sound systems, zero decibels is actually the point where you clip the saturation like zero decibels is actually the loudest yeah the saturation of of the thing so like if i were to shout into this microphone like ah it clips and that has reached zero decibels okay so like what you know what we're talking into this here is like negative 12 decibels or something but that's not actually the sound so the the scale that they're using in this paper is sound pressure level decibels sound pressure level is what you would typically think of like you know, and you'll see those charts that's like, oh, you know, 110 decibels is the sound of a jet airplane from, you know, 200 feet away. and Like a calibrated unit that you could compare from one location to another. Right. Yeah. And so in his okay. paper, they say that the loudness of this song is between negative 26 and negative 11 decibels. And they said that they measured this using an audio interface called a Focusrite 18i20, which you and I in the podcasting world were familiar with what that is and it doesn't make sense to measure sound pressure level with an audio interface you'd have to talk about you'd, you'd have to have a microphone or i mean more realistically you'd have a, a sound meter which actually gives you decibels in terms of what humans can hear and it was weird because they provided like extreme detail to the point of like we used microsoft groove music software to play this and like we like basically to the level of like we bought the song on itunes a company in California, you know, like they just provided all this weird detail. And then they were like way off base with this sound pressure level stuff. So it's really hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. Like, were they blasting this into the cage or was it really quiet or what? Interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, sound travels on pressure waves. So you, you could expect if you were like, if you turn this up all the way, like concert level, like you can feel the vibrations, you know, when you're at a really loud concert. Like, you think the vibration alone might throw off a mosquito. Yes, exactly. Interesting. But so is it is it that? Is it the vibrations or is it the fact that they have a very... Actually, they say in the paper that mosquitoes have the most acute sense of hearing of any insect. So it matters whether it's really loud or really quiet because it means it has to do with their hearing and their, and their auditory processing or it has to do with just being in a really disruptive air environment. So I realize that I've probably spent way too much time talking about the merits of decibels and I think it's interesting. whatever, but it is important for this. And I hope it's relevant, you know, to anyone listening here to understand why, why, you know, you should be critical of the methods of what you're reading in science. Yeah. Okay. So they have the hamster in the cage. They're playing Skrillex at some volume level. And they want to look at how often the mosquitoes are mating and how often they're feeding on the hamster, right? How did they go about measuring that then? So they basically, I mean, it was super simple. Like they just had what I can only assume is their undergrad interns, like just literally watching the mosquitoes and counting. And they had like a stopwatch on their phone and just totally manually recording all this stuff. Okay. So visually they just watched the hamster and then looked at how many times the mosquitoes fed and mated. 
Yeah, and they were counting also like how how soon after they started playing the music they would go. And I think every test was run for 10 minutes. And so they were sort of counting everything up over the course of 10 minutes. Okay, interesting. So it's like play the music and wait until they feed. Yes. What sort of numbers did they observe? So now, yeah, getting into the results here, it was, I mean, it's pretty convincing. The When they were playing Skrillex, females were significantly delayed in visiting the hamster. So just going over to check it out. It took an average of 131 seconds for a female mosquito to first approach the hamster when the song was playing versus only 35 seconds when it was quiet. Hmm. That's a big difference. Four times. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a big difference. And then similarly, the time it took them to take their first bite of the mosquito was also really long. It was 191 seconds when the song was playing versus only 82 seconds when it was quiet. Okay. Uh, and then there's just a couple other metrics they took here, like they visited the hamster less often when Skrillex was playing. That was 12 times versus seven times over the course of 10 minutes. They actually drank blood from the hamster fewer times when Skrillex was playing. That was 6.6 times versus four times. And then to the all-important mating question, when the song was playing, copulation was very rare. So when it was quiet over the course of 10 minutes, this male would mate about five times. But when the song was playing, the average was 0.9 times, which is, I mean, it's basically once over 10 minutes. But that means that there's actually times when this male wasn't mating at all during the course of 10 minutes when Skrillex was playing. Hmm. That's really interesting. Did they give any like p-values to say how significant these are? Like, is it possible there was just like, maybe the male mosquito was having a bad day? <laughs> no, it was, uh, this male mosquito was... A stud, let's just say. He was ready to go, but Skrillex was <laughs> really cock-blocking him. Uh, no, they did They did give p-values on all these, and they were all... I think like the highest one that I saw was like 0.015 or something. So they did kind of do all that analysis, and it, to my untrained eye, it, it checks out. So Cool. Okay. I mean, that's, that's interesting. That seems to be a big difference between the behaviors of the mosquitoes. It is, yeah. And, you know, this study is very simple... And so it can be, it's very convincing in that way because it's pretty obvious. Like when it was quiet, they did a lot of stuff that mosquitoes normally do. When we played Skrillex, it severely hindered their normal activities, right? So like that's pretty cut and dry. But on the other hand, you know, it's really simple and it's hard to draw like a really strong conclusion based on what essentially amounts to like, I, I don't want to say like a science fair experiment. You know, I don't want to like insult the paper, but it is, you know, it's it's pretty it's relatively simple. And there wasn't a whole lot of analysis behind maybe why this was happening. There was definitely a good hypothesis that is very believable, but I think it needs to go a little deeper in order to be thorough. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really interesting what you were saying about the different frequencies of the male and female wings like the 600 and 400 hertz and that mosquitoes come together and there's sort of this harmonious 1200 hertz song that represents the mosquito love like it seems like you could do some really interesting things looking at the spectral content of a song like songs that have really strong four and 600 hertz tones like does that affect it does it interrupt with the mosquitoes or like maybe you have the reverse effect who knows? Yeah, like maybe you could enhance mating if you're playing 1200 hertz tone at them because they think they're always about to, you know, do the deed. Or like you could confuse their behavior or something like yeah. you need to reverse engineer that. Yeah, yeah. So I would have liked to see more analysis along along those lines. 
Interesting. So at, at the beginning of the episode, you mentioned there was some actually like controversy about this. Could you elaborate on that some? Yeah. So it's it's honestly, it's not really controversy. It's just that in looking up news articles for this, I found way more than usual than I do on this podcast, articles that were sort of dissenting from what this paper was suggesting. Hmm. And and the criticisms that I found in these articles were not even really along the lines of what I was saying. They were really more along the lines of just, you know, this isn't an effective mosquito control technique. Whatever they're seeing in this paper, it's just not, you shouldn't take this to heart, I guess. Or you shouldn't put this into practice, I guess. We can't just go through the jungle and hook up tons of loudspeakers and blast Skrillex everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's obviously not a very practical solution. So, you know, one of these articles that I saw was from Forbes. The headline was, Mosquitoes don't like Skrillex, but listening to his music isn't enough to keep them away. And specifically, they interviewed a guy named James Logan, who is the head of the Department of Disease Control at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. And there's a quote from him in here that says, There's no way that you could use this level of noise in a situation to repel mosquitoes unless you happen to be at a music festival and it was on anyway. So his suggestion is just use bug spray. Like, the, you know, there's already the recommended sprays like DEET or PMD or Picaridin IR3535. I honestly, I've only heard of DEET. <laughs> but, but, you know, the way that these sprays work, like what you're familiar with, you, when you go outside and you use spray, obviously you're not walking around with a boombox playing Skrillex. Uh, the way that the spray works is that it interrupts the mosquito's sense of smell. So it's not unlike the audio approach, you're just interrupting a different sensory modality. And that's one that has been proven to work and is very effective at keeping mosquitoes from biting you and potentially spreading a disease to you. Interesting. I mean, it's a neat avenue to explore in doing research on these sensing modalities like we were talking about earlier, whether it's mosquitoes or other bugs. But yeah, it doesn't sound very practical. I guess on the flip side, if you're going to an EDM concert and Skrillex is playing outdoors really loud, probably leave your bug spray at home, right? Yeah, I guess so. Silver lining. Although, you know, if you're a mosquito and you come across this giant outdoor music festival full of sweaty, dirty humans, and apparently, this is something I learned from this study, mosquitoes strongly prefer humans over other animals, which is like also kind of scary and gross. Yeah. But you know, even if Skrillex is blasting, you're going to look at that and think jackpot. So those mosquitoes are coming no matter what, I think. You just put in your little mosquito earplugs and, and go for it. Yeah. Maybe even dance along, you know? Yeah. Maybe we could all get along someday. <laughs> yeah. Humans and mosquitoes. So there was another one article from Inside Edition, and they interviewed a guy named Dr. Bart Knowles, who is a medical entomologist at Radboud University in the Netherlands. And he was actually kind of scathing here. He said, uh, he was talking about studies like this talking about you know sound suppression of insects and he said they deliver false protection to people that are using them which is in my view ethically unacceptable wow yeah so that i mean that's like a pretty harsh statement but maybe a necessary one i don't know interesting yeah i mean i guess it could sort of lull you into this path and when you consider that i mean mosquitoes are very dangerous you know any sort of wasted energy and preventing them from biting is not useful in preventing these very serious diseases yeah yeah so with all of those critiques in the popular media did the study authors actually respond at all so this was really interesting i noticed that in all of these articles that i read the authors of this study were never interviewed and i wasn't really able to find any source that did interview them and there was even one that specifically said the authors could not be reached for comment so 
I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe they're shutting them out or maybe people aren't doing their due diligence to go talk to these authors. I'm not sure uh, what what the story is there, but that was notable. Because again, we've been doing this now for many months and in every time that I find these news articles, there's almost always an interview with the authors of the study, but not so in this case. Hmm. Since we can't ask the mosquitoes, the other party of interest in this whole study is Skrillex. Did he have anything to say about this? Yeah, so he actually tweeted like a couple days after this study. Well, I think around when the study was dropped, he tweeted and said something like, "It feels this feels like April Fool's. And then a few days later, he tweeted, no more mosquitoes, man. <laughs> I don't even know. So he's, I'm sure he's just being inundated with this. And and now, you know, if you go and go to like the YouTube video of scary monsters and nice sprites, all the comments are about mosquitoes. They're like, wow, all the dislikes are just mosquitoes, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty suitable title when you think about it, too. It totally is. Yeah. Wow. Well, interesting story. I'm I'm glad you brought it in, especially since it's been making so many headlines. I mean, even Skrillex is tired of hearing about it. So that says something about its penetration into the popular science culture. Yeah, this one seems to really have touched everyone in some way, you know. So I, I hope that, you know, bringing it into this podcast, I hope maybe I cleared up any misconceptions people had or maybe just, you know, confirmed what we kind of already had heard about this study. But, um, you know, I think the I think the criticisms that were brought in were pretty important to hear. So, wow. Well, thanks, Charlie. That was really fascinating research. If you're listening and you want to find more about Skrillex, mosquitoes, or this paper, check out our website, paperboyspodcast.com. Little side note, we also have a link now to merchandise if you're interested. There are great looking Paperboys podcast shirts, mugs, even tote bags. So check it out if you're interested. Yeah, check them out. James and I actually finally got our own Paperboys swag. It's coming in the mail. So keep your eyes peeled on our on our Instagram and our Twitter and you'll see some probably embarrassing selfies of us wearing matching gear. So, And you can tweet at us uh, our handle is at paperboyspod like james said at the beginning we love hearing from our listeners and just you know how far and wide you all are and all the really awesome stuff that you guys are all working on especially grad students we'd love to hear what hear what your research is all about so hit us up thanks everyone please join us next week for another exciting edition of paper boys thanks for listening